And hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, morning, or evening. It all depends on where you are and when you're listening to this show. My name is Carolyn R. Owens, and I am the host of Let's Coach. Welcome back to another exciting episode. Let's Coach is the show that brings the best from the coaching world for you to use in your everyday life, and we talk about what coaching can do for you. We bring you great small business ideas and some good news stories, and we bring stories about people that are paying it forward in their everyday lives. When I'm not hosting the show, I serve as the chairwoman and CEO of Infinity Coaching Incorporated, where we help you up-level your skills so you can up-level your income, your career, your business, your life. And I assist my clients with creating the life of their dreams, And we have a lot of fun in the process. So I hope you got a chance to listen to the special episode we did Monday night to kick off our Romance and Relationship series. That's right, it's time for our annual Romance and Relationship series. And this is a a fun time on the show where we bring in some of the top coaches to discuss dating and how to spice up your relationships. We're going to be focusing on strengthening those relationships and communication, not just this month, but throughout the year. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned in. Because this year is all about exploring and being empowered to create a life you enjoy living. So when you know when we say that the first thing that comes to mind typically is we think about you know what brings the money in the career our business but we can tend to neglect our relationships we need to have fun and you know be exciting in our relationships i mean dating should be fun and once you're in that relationships and it's going and it could be years down the road, it should still be fun. So no matter what stage you're in, if you're just getting started or you've been together for 20 years, this, this show and our shows this month are going to give you something to think about. Now, I know uh, many of you have reached out and told me, um, you're going to go on more dates this year. You're going to, well, and I you know, have a few people who have told me they haven't been dating and they're going to start again this year. It's something that they've wanted to do, but there's always been some excuse they've given themselves. But, hey, this is the year that they're claiming they're going to do this. And so the Help Us Out today is one of my favorite dating coaches. He has a success rate of 83%. 83% of his clients end up in relationships. And I believe this is one of the highest success rates for a dating coach in the United States. And Mike Goldstein is a successful private dating coach, public speaker, and author, and he's appeared on the Today Show, he's been in Reader's Digest, The Star Ledger, Shape Magazine, and on, on NewJersey.com. And his main point of focus is helping successful, happy women find love and commitment via personalized one-on-one coaching. Through his blog, he's reached over 100,000 women and not just women because I tell you I got I get lost he does the videos so I'd say it's a vlog <laughs> but when you get on there and you get to watch one and then you want to see the next one and he has recently been doing a one a week he tries to put one out every Tuesday they're not long they're about 10 minutes you can see them on YouTube or on your web go to the website and watch them but they put out some you know, key things that we need to think about, and I tell you, they're pretty good. So I encourage you to check that out, and we'll hear more about that throughout the interview today. But it's not just about finding love. He also works with his clients to have them stay in healthy, strong relationships. If they don't have one, how do you create that? He works with a diverse group of men, women, and the LGBTQ community. 
So I guess that every time I go to his website, I get stuck watching a video after video. I have to say I was on there this past week, and I probably watched at least seven or eight of them. <laughs> so he's, it goes back for a while, really good topics. You can search on them and find the exact subjects you're looking for. So he, and one of the things about the videos that I like is that he shares a lot of his personal stories which hopefully we'll hear some of today. He is very, um, and I know we one of those words I hate to talk about, vulnerability, <laughs> but he shows that vulnerable side in the video by really sharing that stuff with you, getting into some of those topics that we don't like to discuss. So I would like to give a warm welcome, a warm let's coach welcome to the Easy Dating Coach. I will turn his mic on here. Mike? Yes. Are you with us? <laughs> I am. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. How are you? <laughs> Glad to have you back here this year. Um, I know you were on the show last year, and, you know, I – have listened to it again. I have friends who listen to it again following some of the different things that you said. But I realized on the show, one of the things I did not ask you, which I think is important, is why did you start Easy Dating? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My whole life has revolved around this, literally, Um, starting when I hit puberty and you know, I, I, at 15 years old, I was fat, I had braces, I had glasses, and I can assure you there was not one girl that wanted to talk to me <laughs> or have anything to do with me. Um, so then I was like, man, you know, I was watching, like, all these love, you know, uh, rom-coms. I'm like, man, that looks great. Uh, I would really like that for myself, and I couldn't get it done by myself. So then I started studying and reading books, and finally I I got a girlfriend and finally got my first kiss and holding a a girl's hand. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, So that that just kind of skyrocketed my life. But then I fell in love in my early 20s. I was like, oh, this is my love story. I'm going to get married. This is going to be great. And unfortunately, she uh, cheated on me with one of my very close friends. Oh, man. And that, I know, right? <laughs> and that quickly made me realize I, I didn't understand women at all, and I actually pushed her away. So then I went on a journey reading books on how women work, how dating works, how relationships work, how online dating work. And so then that put me on that journey. Finally, I came up with an online dating methodology, and I started helping people. Um, I ended up getting uh, seven people married. And then they said I would start a company. I had an 83% success rate at getting people into relationships. That got me on the Today Show. And then that led me to partnering with Match, OKCupid, okay, Harmony, where they're like, we've never seen someone with such a high success rate. How are you doing this? And then now everything I do online is just math and science driven. And then I'm still been going on a journey of understanding and explaining how men work, a journey for myself, understanding women, and helping clients have better relationships, fall in love, and that stuff. So for those of us who have these busy lifestyles these days, you've done all the homework and the research for us. Yeah, this is what I do every single day. (laughs) (laughs) So before we dive into this world of dating, I want to put – things in perspective by letting our listeners know exactly how you assist people because it's so much more than just finding someone. You work with three basic groups of people, single women, single men, and women who are already in relationships. Can you talk a little bit more about how you work with your clients? Yes. Um, so I work with folks Uh, typically for six months, and they can either be completely single looking for a relationship or be in a relationship but wanting it to be a little spicier, a little sexier, a little more fun. 
Um, and we get together once every two weeks on Zoom. And if you're single, um, typically in about three to four months, we're usually getting you into a relationship. And then throughout, <laughs> and then specifically in month five and six, I'm teaching them how men work, how to have sexy boundaries, how to have communication so that he actually hears you in the way you're meant to be heard. And then at six months, we sell you off into the sunset in a happy, healthy relationship, but we don't abandon you. Then you can go into my group coaching program with all the other graduates that are, some are married, some are single, some are in relationships, and we're all going through the journey together to get, you know, to continue to improve. Six months. There are people I know who have been like years trying to find somebody, very few dates, and you're saying within six months you have them dating and in a healthy relationship. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, if you're doing it wrong, right, you just <laughs> will keep doing it wrong. So you just need to figure out, you know, it could be that light bulb moment where it's like, oh, that's the one thing I needed to change, and that's what's mm. been repelling partners. So sometimes we just need to figure that out together. You know, it's interesting because you say it's, it's often that one little thing that we can tweak or change, but we're so close to the situation we can't see it ourselves or we don't want to face our own dating mistakes and things that we do. We don't like to look at those in the mirror. Mm. That's so very true. You. <laughs> You're actually there helping them find the person and navigate through this dating scene so they just don't, we don't have to just settle for someone. So let's talk a little bit more about this whole dating thing. Last week on the show, um, we talked about doing things differently and dating ideas to be more creative and fun. So just like, just for fun and a good story, I hope. Before working with you, what's one of those worst dates one of your clients have told you about? Or maybe one you went on yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take the heat on this one and, and leave the clients alone for a moment. <laughs> I was in my 20s, and uh, this was the very first time I was doing online dating. And I, was, I think I just got out of a relationship a bit ago, and I was like, all right, online dating, there's going to be, like, so much opportunity. Here we go. <laughs> so I find this pretty woman, and I ask her out for drinks in New York City. And I'm all excited. I'm like, all right, finished work, got my suit on, I'm looking good. This is going to be great. Um, so I show up to the date, and she was supposed to be this petite blonde woman, uh, also in her 20s, she ends up totally catfishing me. She's in her 40s. She is not petite. She's an extra 100 pounds from the pictures. So she's now 100 pounds heavier, 15 years older. And then I sit down and we enjoy ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so it turned out to be okay, but it wasn't. At all what you expected. No, it was not what I was expecting. <laughs> to say it might not have been a long-haul, long-term situation, but you had a pleasant meal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I opted to have probably a few too many drinks based on <laughs> maybe it was a rough day, but it, it seemed like the right thing to do in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you know unfortunately that's the type of thing that can happen online is people you know and this is one of the things when you talk about dating the lies people tell you know is that something we should yeah. do oh absolutely not <laughs> like 2020, you know, the thing I told myself is I'm going to love myself. So I I lived in New York, right, and I just moved to L.A. And in New York, I, I, I always used to judge myself against myself. And then I moved to L.A. And I'm all of a sudden, I don't make enough money. My body's not good enough. 
Like nothing is good enough. And then I, I I'm you? looking at myself. I'm like, what is what is wrong with me? Why would I do that? Like I'm fantastic. I love myself, and <laughs> I am great the way I am. Like I don't need to present something different. This is who I am, and I love myself. I'm confident, and so that's what everyone needs to be doing online. Is you are fantastic the way you are, and the partner you want. And we're we're not settling for crappy relationships, right? We want amazing no. relationships. The partner you want is going to show up and be like, whoa, you are the most fantastic woman I've ever been around or man. Like, you are amazing, and I want to spend my time with you. If you're presenting X and then they show up and it's Y, you're not going to get that. So it's just totally wasting your time, his time, or whoever. So, yes, be authentic, be yourself, show up, and you know, maybe you need to do a little work beforehand so that you love yourself and you feel confident, but I'm sure most of the listeners here are already there. And then you get an amazing, loving soul partnership. Yeah, it, It's funny you mentioned you use yourself as the example, and I know you've been, you have been bringing people together in healthy, fulfilling, loving relationships, but a lot of us, you know, even we can have very successful careers, but we can have these insecurities that come up. So it's not just, you know, for our, our, the people who are listening and we think that same thing, well, they're not going to like me or love me for who I am. You know, even people who have great successful careers and, you know, can have these insecurities that come up. I thought it was, um, it's the uh, profile site, um, I guess you call it dating site, Bumble, where Sharon Stone had tried to create a profile on there, and they thought she was lying, so they were denying her to be able to create a profile. And she was like, she can't even get a date through Bumble because they don't believe it's her. And so she's like, forget it. But they apologized to her when they realized it was really her trying to set up a Bumble profile. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> But when you think about, you know, that's kind of one of the worst thing that happens with that online, excuse me, online dating. That person shows up and they're not who they really say they are. But what's the most fun, creative date you've helped a client plan? Can, can we stay back to the? Uh, can I go back to this one topic? I just want to add one one sure. thing. You know. Um, like when we when we compare ourselves to others, there's always going to be someone bigger and better, right? So even in 2019, I had my most successful year ever business-wise. And it's still, yes. you know, I live two blocks from the beach um, in L.A. And then when you go on the beach, then you see all these houses that are, you know, 8 to $20 million. And it's like, well, I, I don't own one of those. So if I compare it to that, it, you know, it, it's not so great. And then I, I always think about, I was watching this segment with um, Mark Cuban, who's a billionaire. Yeah. And he goes, well, I'm worth, I think, about like $4 billion. And in the billionaire world, that's actually like, he's kind of like a peasant of the billionaire world. <laughs> and it's funny, he's like, I don't, have, I don't have that much money in comparison. Like, if you look at Jeff Bezos, who's, you know, $100 billion mm-hmm. or whatever he's worth, it's like, He's 125th of Jeff Bezos. So Jeff is 25 multiples of Mark Cuban. So he's like, man, I stink. But then he's like, this is ridiculous. I'm a freaking billionaire. I buy whatever I want. Like, how can I compare myself? (laughs) And that's what we should be doing. It's not, you know, none of us have that wealth, probably. And we have a billion dollars worth of wealth of emotional capacity of loving ourselves and being fantastic and let's not compare it. Let's just say, Hey, I'm fantastic and, and be done with it. Yeah. Does that it's, make sense, it's so true. So true because we spend so much time trying to get to be like someone else. We invest in cosmetics, surgery, clothing, everything else that you got to start peeling off those layers to find out who you really are and appreciate yourself because I, I'm of the belief, um, and I'm, you may agree, that loving someone else, being in a good relationship, starts with loving you. Mhm. 100% right. And I think that's a that, and that's a good that's 
a good place to really for people to be this year is about empowering yourself with that self-love, with stepping out in that authenticity so we can have these real, you know, situations, experiences, relationships. Yeah, I mean, once you're truly in in yourself and love yourself, when you show up to these dates, it's going to resonate. Like, they're going to see that confidence. Mm. And then you show up with that vulnerability, which, you know, vulnerability and being courageous are really synonymous, in my opinion. So when you show up confident, able to share yourself with some vulnerability, people are going to be falling all over themselves to be in your presence because you're real and you're authentic and this is you. And most people put on their, you know, their first date shoes and, you know, have their interview and that's boring and that stinks. If you can be amazing and share stuff and be vulnerable, you'll be shocked at it's all of a sudden, you know, you go from getting asked on 30% second dates and now you're at, you know, maybe 80%, 90%. And then you're choosing, hey, did they cut the mustard? Should I give them a second date? Um, so, you know, that's what loving yourself can do. Hmm. Well, it's like um, you made me think because I am a career strategist by trade and oftentimes people approach that date like an interview and it's two different types of vibes and energies. It, it seems like dating is this process. You find a man or woman you're interested in, you ask them out. And which, means, you know, starting there, should we have a lot of um, both men and women who listen to the show, but should a woman ask a man out? Oh, Carol, what a great question. 100% the answer is yes. <laughs> As a man myself, if I get asked out by some woman, if I'm into her, it's an immediately, heck yes, let's do this. And if I'm not interested, you still made my day because I never get asked out. And as men, we <laughs> very rarely get asked out. And if I could do a cartwheel and when I get asked out, I would do a cartwheel because that's how excited I would be <laughs> by getting asked out. So that's pretty – that's part of that courageous confidence there where, you know, the woman – because a lot of women find that to be – it's awkward and they're still – they're sitting at home still waiting for him to ask her out. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Women, Just go for think it. Think about this. Mm-hmm. Go for it. But then, okay, he asked her out. She asked him out. The date is set. How should someone prepare for a date, if at all? Are there certain, you know, things they could do ahead of time, like get ready? Wow. Um, That's such a great question. So you should have already done all your work in terms of who you are, what you are. So you've done all that. Um, Mm -hmm. What I would do personally, and, you know, I'm I'm in California, so don't mind my uh, little hippy-dippy response, but there is science that proves that uh, meditation is is really good for your, your brain, your relaxation, calming you down, getting you inside yourself. Anyway, I would do some deep breaths, you know, 10 in, 10 out. And the reason I think this is so important in today's society is, as we all know, we have computers, we have TVs, we have telephones, cell phones. We check our cell phone. I mean, I probably check it like 200 times a day. And my brain (laughs) never takes a second to turn off. And so just the idea of closing your eyes, breathing, for even if it's a minute, five minutes, whatever, it's going to calm you down and get you in a state of being present. So then when you show up on the date, instead of worrying, hopefully, about like all the things you have to do work-wise, maybe you need to get your kids somewhere or you're worried about the kids' soccer game or, you know, Billy punched someone at school, whatever. Now you're here, you're present, you're ready to interact on the date, and you're not, you know, elsewhere, hopefully. I, I, um, that's it does. It's, I think it's an um, awesome idea because if you think 
we're rushing here and always rushing places. If you can get wherever you're meeting your date, if you can get there 15 minutes or so early, and even in the car, take that five minutes to take those deep breaths, to kind of put yourself in a relaxed mode, slow your mind down, instead of running through the door where you come in with that rush like, you know, it, it gives you that comfort level, and you'll be more, you'll have more of that confidence walking in the door because you've had that moment. I love that idea. Absolutely. So, and and sorry, can I add something? Of course. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> since, <laughs> since there's such, like now we're we're kind of building in this process to a date, like. Like, you have to get ready. You have to put on your nice clothes. You have to do your hair. Uh, you know, you're doing your makeup, whatever, or whatever men need to do. Um, this is a big process to get ready for the date. And now you're doing maybe five minutes of meditation. you got to drive there. So what I would say is get very particular about what date you're going on. Don't just go on a date to go on a date. I mean, if you haven't dated in five years, uh. sure, get on a date. But once you're, like, really ingrained in this partnership, I'm trying to find someone, be Mm -hmm. specific about who you go on a date with. So maybe you've done a little screening. Maybe you've had a 10-minute phone call. So that when you're doing this whole process, it's not like, all right, I'm getting on this date and maybe it's going to work out. No, you're all right. You're already at the point where we've spent 10 minutes on the phone or we've, you know, that profile looked great or we have all these things in common. But like when you're getting ready, you're like, oh, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Like, we've got things in common. Does that make sense, Carolyn? It does. It does. I mean, because you mentioned um, talking on the – like, a lot of people are meeting online these days. And I've um, heard where the person will send a message and say, well, let's meet, but they've never even kind of said hello on the phone. Do you recommend Mm -hmm. they actually have a conversation before they agree to meet? It depends on a lot of variables. Hmm. Um, So I have my process. Let me start at the top. My process uh, specifically for women is a 50-12-1 approach where we send 50 messages asking men out, and then we're hoping 12 (laughs) of them say uh, yes, and then from the 12 we pick one. Oh, wow. (laughs) If this process is not working well, we may have to send 100, 200 messages, whatever. Or if it's working extremely well, we may be sending less. So depending on the amount of options you have and how if you're having problems getting to the date, maybe, you know, you're losing men, they're disappearing, mm. then maybe you want to make less steps. Like, hey, let's go on the date. Cool, Tuesday, let's go. But if you happen to have, you know, anywhere from like eight to 20 options where guys are vying to go on a date with you, well, then you don't have time to go on dates with all of them. So then I would love to have a 10-minute screen phone call to kind of narrow this down. Um, but if you, on the flip side, don't have that many options, then maybe you just want to get out there um, so you at least have something to go out with. Um, does, that, does that kind of make sense? It, it does. Um, so how do you, so from a female perspective, how do you ensure your safety if you've never talked to that person? I think um, that's something that comes of a concern for most women. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, that's the number one priority, right, is you got to feel safe. Yeah. Um, the key is going to a public place. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've put literally people on thousands and thousands of dates, and actually – Surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, I've never had a horror story. Everything's went smooth awesome. as a date. I mean, I've come back and they've told me how terrible the date was, but there were <laughs> never a safety concern, um, thankfully. <clears throat> so um, just a public place and you'll be fine. That's awesome. Um, and, I, oh, I, I think actually, can, sorry, can I add one other thing? Oh, you're you're fine. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Um, no, you're fine. This is I like it like this. We're <laughs> so pleased. <laughs> I think that the, actually the biggest concern, and I'm sure people are dealing with this, is scammers. Especially, um, I have a mm-hmm. ton of over sixty clients, um, and you know, yes, you're just you do. over sixty. You're gonna have, yeah, over sixty. You're gonna have more wealth 
than, you know, 20, 30-year-olds, right? So they target the 60-year-old community who supposedly are less Internet savvy, less wise, <clears throat> which is not true, first of all. These 60-year-old people have been on the earth longer. They've seen more. They've done more. They're smarter and wiser, trust me. But <laughs> if someone asks for credit cards or any information online, do not, do not give any of that. Do not give anything ever. Just meet people in person. It's okay to give a phone number, but that's as much information as you can give online. Phone number, okay. have a conversation, meet people in public, and you'll be okay. Anyone ask for anything, don't give it to them. It's, I tell people to give them the uh, 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 get a, the Google phone number, and I tell mm-hmm. a lot of women if you're not sure you're not comfortable giving your phone number, use your get a Google number. They're free, um, and you can go ahead and use that, and it goes straight to your cell phone. So that's yep. another way to kind of hide that you know information. It's and it's okay. It's not as if you're lying or anything. It's more of a safety thing. And then once you're more comfortable and you've met the person, you can give them the actual cell phone number, but Google numbers are great. I have one for business, and it works just as well, so <clears throat> I do encourage that. But yeah, when you I think about that, that <laughs> you talk about like this, this process, but I know another thing that stumps a lot of women, I think they have, and guys probably think about this one too, but they're, especially if they haven't dated in a while, it's what do you, what should I wear? I mean, that is something that stumps women from going out. You know, they may have gained a few pounds and, you know, but what's like that, you don't want to be, too conservative, but you don't want to be where they're looking at you like, oh, my gosh, she's dressed like a slut, you know? Yeah. So you probably didn't know this about me, but I know nothing about fashion. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I am the wrong person for that, but I do have a strategy. Um, So every person listening to this, knows way more about fashion and looking good than myself. You know, I'm very basic when it comes to dressing. But what I can tell you what is really helpful is Mm -hmm. you need to remove stress from the getting ready process. And the way you do that is you have your first date outfit. And literally you almost wear the same thing every time. Or you you maybe have two or three outfits that are always your first date outfits. And what this outfit is, is you feel great in it. You feel comfortable. You're not going to need to fidget. You feel beautiful or handsome. Mm. Or how, so you feel great in it. You feel comfortable. And most importantly, you're going to be able to show off confidence in it. Because if you're wearing that thing where you look, you know, you look hot in, but every second you're pulling this down, pulling that up, pulling that no no guy wants to deal with that. He wants someone who's comfortable, confident, because that's really what, what men are looking for is confidence. Like, you know, even that woman that looks drop-dead gorgeous, if she's, you know, not bringing the emotional great conversation, the same values, and the confidence, it's not going to work. So just find that outfit that, you know, you love, and he'll love it. So, ladies, guys, have that first date outfit ready to go. And, of course, it can depend on where you're going. If you're going rock climbing, you might not want to wear that dress. So, take that, you know, where you're going, but have that first date outfit ready to go. Um, so, you you had mentioned that you haven't had any dates that were – excuse me, dates that were disasters because of safety or anything like that, it may not have went so well. But one of the biggest complaints I hear is how boring a date can be. There was a little chemistry, but the the date ends up being boring. What can someone do to avoid that? Refresh my memory. Is most of your audience female? It's a little bit of both, actually. Um, I have it's it's, it's all ages, 
all backgrounds. Okay. Oh, I've got it's a very diverse group that listens. Okay, well, I will answer for everyone then. Um, <laughs> if you're a man who's typically planning the date, um, then I would um, suggest things that you actually want to do. Like if you enjoy walking on the beach, that's what the date is. If you find something in common that you both love doing, you know, suggest that. You know, dating should be fun. Like it should yes. be like one of the most amazing times of your life where it's like <laughs> I have – in this moment, I don't have responsibility. It's all about me. And what do I want? Well, I enjoy doing – I like walking. I like soccer. I like lifting. I like hiking. I like – playing chess. Well, find a partner who likes these things as well and then invite them to do them. And while you're having fun, if you want to spend a little time getting to know each other, cool. But if you're involved in the activity, that's fine too. You can slowly get to know each other. Like if it's playing soccer and maybe you don't get to talk yet, you'll get to know the personality by how they communicate on the field. Hey, pass to me. Hey, Mm. you need to go left. Hey, like, you can kind of see almost how they're going to be in a relationship by how they communicate, like, for example, on the soccer field. Like, oh, man on, turn, here, pass. Oh, you've got someone on your back. Like, wow, I wonder how communicative they are in the bedroom. I wonder how communicative they are when we get in the fight. So you can learn things through these activities. Or maybe you play a game of chess, and it's like, whoa, they're, like, super strategic in where they move the pieces and thinking nine moves ahead. Like, wow, I wonder what <laughs> – you know, planning a family with them would be like, or, or, or maybe we're in our sixties. I wonder what traveling would be like. Or mm. anyway, plan dates that are fun. Women, you're probably like, hold on, these guys plan these terrible dates. What am I supposed to do? What you do is tell them the stuff you love to do. Like if he suggests a date that you're not really that excited about, you're like, you know what, that date sounds. Like, it'd be fun, and you're fantastic. What if we did – I bet you're so creative. What if we did something, like, fun and outdoorsy, if you like that stuff? So you're not telling him specifically what you want to do, but you're giving him an idea that he can plan. So if you love all outdoorsy stuff or you love – like, I love hiking – or I love biking, like you can say, I would love to go on a bike ride with you. Now he still gets to say, okay, Mm. we're going to meet at X location. So it's still him planning the date, and he gets, you know, credit for this is my date. But you kind of guided him to something that would be fun. And, you know, the women on here are probably super strategic and already realize he likes doing that too, and they're very thoughtful. Women just tend to be very thoughtful and considerate. So it's going to be a date that's going to be better for him, better for you. And sometimes we need that that female push kind of directing us. We're not always so great at planners, uh, so that that helps us. Does that make sense? Uh, It does, because I'm sitting here thinking, as you're saying, uh, on on last week's show when we were talking about creative ideas and things for dates, I brought up skydiving, and I myself am not jumping out of anybody's airplane. However, Uh if I planned that for somebody, it would be fun to watch them jump out and enjoy it, support them, and celebrate. But I also, in in sitting here thinking, I was like, I'm not going camping on a second date either because I do not want to be the character in some novel. Um, So I like you say, thinking, huh, okay, that's one thing I probably wouldn't do on the first or second date because I don't know you that well yet and you're not taking me to the woods and abandoning me. Mm -mm. But, (laughs) you know. That's correct. That's not a public place. (laughs) That's not a public place. But that's why you watch. You watch the shows like uh, The Bachelor and I guess The Bachelorette. I like. I don't watch the shows, but one of the things you know they do is create, come up with these creative ideas for the dates that they're going to take the people on. And they're not just going to a restaurant or something like that. They come up with these crazy ideas, but it's usually trying to, you know, pick that person's personality and say, okay, I'm picking her to do this with or stuff like that. And most of the time they have a good time. So really kind of thinking and and having that, you know, that's part of that communication. Hey, learning what somebody likes to do and planning those kind of dates that are fun for both of you guys. Absolutely. And 
Um, maybe we should talk about the skydiving idea real fast. Is that right? <laughs> sure. So, like, any of these types of activities. So, there's been so many studies on when uh-huh. couples come out of either traumatic experiences or highly emotionally charged experiences where they fall in love, right? And we've seen that time and time again. So if you plan a date that's, for example, like skydiving or something where you get these, you know, massive highs together or life-threatening experiences, <laughs> you actually end up basically really falling for each other when you do these types of activities. So if you want to do those, I say go for it, but also be cognizant of the effect of it. Like you're going to fall for this person and it may not be your partner. It's just the activity. So then at some point Mm. you do need to look under the hood of the car and be like, are our values aligned? Do we really have things in common? What's going to be spending our lives together? Like, are we going to get along? Do I really, you know, vibe with this person? So don't, you know, just fall in after a few dates and be like, this is my person. Then spend some time really getting to know them after that fun activity. So don't be sucked into the atmosphere, the adrenaline and everything of the event because there's still a person behind it that this isn't, you're all, you're not going to have this high constantly. So what are they really like all right, when everything ends? Hmm. Correct. <clears throat> yes, you just need to be cognizant of, you know, that effect that's happening. Um, and even like, you know, um, the feeling of butterflies. If you're yeah. feeling butterflies, you know, about 50% of our population is not, um, once we start feeling butterflies, and I happen to be this person, and I've recognized it now, that once I start to like someone, that's it. And I've made up my mind, and then anything they do after that, I'm I'm not really seeing. So that's literally 50% of our population behave that way. Mm-hmm. So if you realize that maybe you are part of the 50%, which, of course, I am, slow down and see, okay, these are the things I want. These are my values. And see if everything actually is aligned. So you don't end up – and that's why we have a 50% divorce rate on the first go. Mm -hmm. On the second marriage, it's 70%. It's because we're picking the wrong partners and we're not going slow enough and really – deciding, hey, this person's right. And then, of course, having the skills once we're in the relationship to maintain it. Sorry, I got off track. I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> uh, well, it's actually, it's, you know, when you think about it, it's about really, you, you, when you talked about the values, we, we have to know what's important to us, what are our values, to be able to know who, who, when we're looking for someone, how that aligns with who we are. And I think that's one of the best things about working with a coach like you or myself is that we kind of get people to remember what's important to us, what do we value, that we're not going to just be settling just because we had this adrenaline rush with somebody one time when we went out with them, you know? Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> it, it it drives me nuts how we date, too. Like, So for a lot of people, d- dating and falling in love is their number one priority. But there's no strategy or process on how they do it. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, all the business professionals out here were like, all right. I'm going to be an executive or a manager or a director or whatever you're going to be. And you are now you're like, how do I do it? All right. I got to go to college. I got to get maybe a yeah. master's or a PhD. And then once I get there, all right, boss, how do I get promoted? How do I get to the job I want? Well, you need to do X, Y, Z. All right. I'm going to go do X, Y, Z. Then you finally get the job and you're like, all right, I did everything right. But dating, it's like, all right, I'm just going <laughs> to plop this profile out here. I'll show up to these dates. And if it feels right, then I will marry that person. That is freaking insane. This is potentially the most important thing in your life, and you mm-hmm. don't have a trainer. You haven't read, you know, you don't know the process. And maybe you've read a bunch of books, but I've read thousands of books, and I can just give you everything that you need in a second and then give you a, a plan from A to B on how we're going to get you to the right partner that you will never get divorced from. Um, Sorry, I just think it's insane how we date. And I'm not, 
I, you know, I used to do it too. Trust me. <laughs> and that's what. <laughs> All right, I digress. You know, <laughs> no, this is great. This it's great because I I this is why I love having you on the show <laughs> because you really get to the heart of the different th- when it comes to dating. Looking past that, you know, all right, I'm sitting here in front of this person. It's gorgeous to me, um, but yeah, you got to peel back the layers and see what's really there. If you're looking to, if you're looking to be in a you know healthy, committed relationship, some people will say that's not what they want. Well, hey, that could be where they are at their stage. That's stage in their life, but there's so many people who end up regretting and giving up because they didn't have, you know, they didn't put enough into this. Like you say, I I work with people with their careers and, and, you know, professional develop and everything, and we have plans on how you're going to get from this to this, how you, but we don't invest that same thing in the person we're going to be coming home to every day, you know? We put too much yeah. emphasis often on the physical aspect of the relationship. You think about it, I think one of the questions that come up, and it's, it sounds like a, a trivial one, but should you even kiss someone on the first date? Ooh, that's a fun one. <laughs> I'm going to challenge the whole paradigm of dating a bit. Uh, Dr. Wendy, I think it's Dr. Wendy Walsh. I was sitting at her um, seminar, and she said, I like to go on a first date with the idea of, I want to see who I can set you up with. So if you happen to be going on, like, you know, your typical drinks first date, instead of going in, like, is this my partner? You go, I'm going to get to know you to see who I can set you up with. And if you tell him that's your mindset and then, or tell the person and then say, would you like to be in that mindset with me too? It's really cool because if you didn't do any upfront work to see if you're excited about this person, which a lot of us don't, at least when you show up to the date, this is the saving grace on how you can at least optimize your time. If you go in with that mindset, then if they're a total fit for you, you can be like, wow, we're totally aligned. Like we should date each other. Or if it's like 60, 70% of the way there, they're like, hey, I may have this friend for you that I know my friend who has all those stuff. But then it's a little less invasive when you're getting to know each other. But also they may set you up with their friend. You didn't close the network where it's like, oh, because if you didn't do any of the upfront work, probably like 98% of these partners are not going to be a fit for you because something's not aligned. But they may have a friend that's aligned. And so to answer your question about the kiss, well, if you do this or you've spent some, you know, if you've done the upfront phone call and everything's aligned and then you get on the date and it's fabulous, by all means, kiss. Like, please do. I'm sure your faces will get so close because you're having such a <laughs> conversation that your lips just happen to run into each other because they want to. <laughs> um, but if, you don't want to kiss or that, you know, you don't feel comfortable kissing on a first date. That's not your thing. Then don't. Um, So do what feels right for you, of course, but also, you know, get to know the person and see if they fit in what bucket they fit in. Maybe you want to be friends and maybe you can introduce them to someone, but try to optimize your time depending on how you, whether upfront you've done the research, so you know this person can make sense. So you're on the right date. Or if you happen to fumble things up and not have time and just end up on a date where you're not sure, maybe you try the approach I suggested. Does yep. that all make sense? It does, because this then leads to my next question. When we you hear people, when it comes to this first kiss, talk about the 90-10 rule. Can you tell our listeners what that 90-10 rule is and how it works? Yeah, so once again, like, as a man, I understand that the primary um, need of a, a woman is is comfort and safety. And I never want to infringe on that boundary. But at the same time, I still want to be, you know, that dominant masculine take charge role. But, um, so 90-10 is just very simple. And we saw it in the movie Hitch. Where we, remember when Will Smith uh, kissed uh, whatever his name is? 
Yes, yes. But basically, you know, it's from <laughs> you go 90% of the way to their lips, so you're right in front of them, and then see if the person wants to be kissed. So you're never getting rejected. You're there, and you're seeing if they if they want to meet you. So you go 90% of the way in, and they have to meet you the other 10%. That's correct. And you'll know. And they actually want to kiss you back. Yep. So I got to put a plug in for you. You have on your website this video that I encourage people to watch, and it's for women on how to kiss a guy. Ooh, okay. It's it's there on your website. Um, it's also on YouTube. So guys, if um, every you guys may want to look at that one too. It's pretty. It's a pretty good video. Um, but it, it tells you how you know you can kiss that guy if you've been with him forever, if it's your first date. Check that one out, guys, <clears throat> women. So for someone who's been together for 20-plus years, they've been in this relationship, they're past the first date. Is kissing still important in their little dates they go on or their relationship? Whoa! That's such a good one. <laughs> I have two activities that, you know, since I just saw the seminar, so it's really fresh. Dr. Wendy, so she does, she studies all, basically all I do is follow science all day of what's happening in love. But basically <laughs> there was uh, multiple experiments that proved how we could get more connected, stay in love, have more intimate relationships. And mm-hmm. they analyze what partners that have been together for, you know, five years, 10 years, all the way up to 50 years, what they're doing and what, and if they're in happy relationships, what are some of their activities, blah, blah, blah. Kissing, when you say goodbye to your partner, what we all do, and I've done, is we go give them a peck and say, all right, I'm leaving for work. Do not do that. Find time, even if it's your goodbye kiss, I would suggest it's your goodbye kiss because that's already in your what's happening. It's got to be six seconds or longer. I'm talking about a little mini makeout. Six seconds is kind of like, almost that meditative state where you forget what you're doing and actually focus on that kiss. And you focus on maybe where your tongue is going and where her tongue is going or where your lips are and how they feel and what she smells like or he smells like. And you just get in that moment when it's six seconds or longer. So that's really connecting you to, and I forget what, um, hormone is released and what happens in your brain but something's triggered after six seconds plus that is not triggered on shorter kisses Um, so that will keep the intimacy alive second thing is hugs 20 seconds or longer also will release different chemicals within you that will keep you connected to your partner so to reiterate very important Six-second-plus kisses, 20-second-plus hugs. Game changer. <laughs> if you, if, listeners, if you remember anything from this interview today, get your six seconds, get those 20 seconds. Six-second kisses, 20-second hugs. <laughs> we, I can't believe we're almost down to the last five minutes of the show, and there's one thing I definitely wanted to make sure I asked you about, um, I had never heard this term until I heard it from you, but it's something I think women need to be aware of when it comes to dating. What does it mean when a man breadcrumbs? Oh, boy. <laughs> so, unfortunately, um, there's been this whole new vocabulary that the millennials are creating for, for all of us to enjoy. <laughs> um, so I didn't know what it was for a while either. I'm not so hip. Um, (laughs) But breadcrumbing, so think about like for a mouse, you kind of leave little breadcrumbs so they know where to go. That's what men are doing with women where they don't necessarily like the woman, or excuse me, it's not just men to women. Both sexes are doing it, and LGBT, everyone's doing it. It's when you 
maybe just want to be sexual with them or maybe just want them in their in your life but in not a relationship capacity or a committed exclusive like full-time relationship but you want them in it a little bit so what you do is uh for example if it's a guy to a woman the guy will maybe text once a week or you know text you on friday hey come over you want to come over or hey do you want to come over tomorrow it's not a real effort. It's not texting every day. It's not showing up every day. It's not phone calls. It's doing just enough to keep them on the hook where maybe, you know, on Saturday you have an amazing date together, but then you don't hear from them until Wednesday or whatever it looks like. But it's not what you want. It's not the value you deserve. Um, so that's breadcrumbing. So you shouldn't, that's the type of relationship that's not healthy. It's not aligning with typically what somebody would value or a relationship you wouldn't you'd want for the long haul. This is not that committed, all-in kind of situation. Yeah, if you're looking for the real deal, then this is 100% not acceptable behavior. And a woman that loves herself and is of value is just going to present it be like, Hey, when I imagined what my partner, how they would treat me and what I deserve, like I want someone who adores me and shows up every day and wants to talk to me and wants to make me feel special and just gives me abundance of love. Like this isn't that. Um, I mean, do you want to show up more like that? It would make me so happy if I got to hear from you every day. And if he does it, cool. Then maybe he just didn't know that that was the formula for you. But if he doesn't do it, then, you know, you have every right to just walk away because this isn't up to your standard. And we don't have to stay in relationships that are not healthy, that don't meet our standards, that we don't value or the person doesn't value us. You know, we're, we always run up against the clock, but I want to make sure you have two free resources on your website. We love to talk about what we can give our listeners that can continue to add value after the show, but can you explain a little bit about those? Oh. I have so many free resources. <laughs> um, yeah, if the you videos go to, alone um, are awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, yeah, I, I have a YouTube channel if you want to watch free content. But some of my better free content, you need to put an email address in, and I do that purposely so we can become friends and I can send you more free content. Um, if you go to easydatingcoach.com, the thing – I spent ten grand working with a company to build this amazing webinar on how to get a guy – in 90 days that will commit and not disappear or breadcrumb. Um, you should definitely get your hands <laughs> on that one. I spent literally about a year of my life working on that thing to make sure it was perfect. And about 10 years worth of research and data went into everything that I teach on that. Um, so definitely get your hands on that one. And then if you click the free gifts tab, um, there's some free gifts in there that you can put your email in. And I've got way more gifts. I've been doing this for too long. Um, you can email me, and I'll send you some more stuff. Um, but, yeah, definitely get your hands on the, some of the stuff. Uh, I think one of the free gifts, I pulled 2,000 men to find out what they truly want in a woman. Um, so you can get your oh, wow. hands on that one to see what they all said. And it wasn't just like a questionnaire. I actually did it live with them. So then I – the 2000 men I grilled and said, do you really need that in a partner? You know, when they said, Oh, I want X. I'm like, no, what do you really need? Why do you need it? What's that going to cause? Like I drilled these people cause I didn't want the superficial answer. I wanted what they needed for a soul connection. Um, so that video is pretty interesting and we can get that to you so as we well. Literally. I hate to do this. We're down to the last, um, 30 seconds, but I want to thank you. Thank you. Listeners, please visit easydatingcoach.com. We hope to have you on the show again. Thank you so, so much. I will be putting more information out about everything. Guys, stay tuned. You know, support so we can have him. Let's have Mike come back. There's so much more to talk about. So remember, go 
get that six-second goodbye kiss and that 20-second hug. Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in this week. And remember, it's all about success on your own terms. Have an awesome, blessed week. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much for having me and listening. I appreciate all of you. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye.